Well, good morning, St. Paul. It is my joy to be here with you on this morning, and welcome to those who are joining us online. I'd like to read to you our scripture that comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, according to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Uh, Hear now the word of the Lord. So it was, as the multitude pressed about to hear him, hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of their boats, and they were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught them from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Verse number five says, but Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, so much so that their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat and said, hey, come help us. And they came and filled both of their boats, so much so that the boats began to sink. Verse number eight says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, O man, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch people. So they So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and they followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Eternal God, we're grateful for this opportunity to share your word. And God, we're grateful for uh, the invitations that you give to us to step out of our comfort zone and to follow you into new places, moving from maintenance to ministry. And we're grateful for this time to share together. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Let all God's people say amen. Amen. Everything has to be maintained. How many would agree that everything has to be maintained? And how many would actually say that they enjoy maintenance? Raise your hand if you enjoy maintenance. Okay, let me go through a couple of options. Who enjoys car maintenance? You're like, not really. Uh, I mean, you have to do the oil changes, engine service, tires rotated, balance, fluid levels check. We have to maintain the car to keep the car working properly. Okay, let's try this one. Who enjoys health maintenance? Raise your hand if you enjoy health maintenance. Okay, a couple of people. You got to go to the doctor to make sure everything is okay. And if if everything isn't okay, then we have to make adjustments. You have to make adjustments in your eating, your diet, your exercise. Uh, Sometimes we have to make adjustments with people and, and things that we do so that our health can be maintained. Okay, here's one. How many enjoy relationship maintenance? Come on, you're sitting, you don't enjoy maintaining the relationships? Relationships have to be maintained. I mean, we have to invest time, energy, resources into the people that we love, your spouse, your children, grandchildren, family, friends, even church members. Everybody knows high-maintenance church members, right? (laughs) Church members, co-workers, people that we love, we have to work to maintain healthy relationships. All right, here's one. Who enjoys building maintenance? 
Okay, where are the trustees? And who enjoys building maintenance? A couple of people enjoy building maintenance. I bet if Kenny and Dennis were here, they would say, I enjoy building maintenance. Daily cleaning, repairing, painting, air conditioners, roofs, vehicles, all of this has to be done if the building is going to be preserved and maintained. All right, what about home maintenance? Who enjoys home maintenance? All those home improvement projects you got going on, you must enjoy home maintenance. But if we don't maintain our homes and care for our homes inside and out, then the maintenance and the lack of maintenance actually shows. I think if we're honest with ourselves, there actually are some maintenance projects that we actually enjoy. When I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, I lived in a, in a house that had a really nice fenced-in backyard. And believe it or not, I really did enjoy yard work. I had a mower, I had an edger, I had a blower, I had a rake, I had, uh, and I enjoyed planting flowers. And the reason I think I enjoyed uh, yard maintenance, because in yard maintenance, you could always see, if you're somebody who likes to have this kind of sense of accomplishment, I mean, you could go outside if the yard had not been mowed in three weeks. When I went out there and mowed it, then I really felt like I had done something, right? I had a real sense of accomplishment. Woohoo! I cut the grass and everything was all well. Later, I discovered, though, that there was this interesting correlation between maintenance and ministry. I began to recognize this interesting correlation between when I got invited to do something new or when I got invited to, to take on a new task, if I felt nervous or, or stressed out about it, I found that there was this interesting correlation between maintenance and ministry. I would get this overwhelming sense when I got invited to do something that was going to kind of stretch me or move me out of my comfort zone, I would get this overwhelming sense to do something familiar and comfortable. Here's the way it played itself out for me. I was in a doctoral program at Wesley Theological Seminary, and on the weekends, I would have to just spend time, Pam, you understand, just working on my papers. And so I'd have my whole weekend schedule, and here's time now to actually sit down and write this paper, and all of a sudden, I would get this overwhelming desire to mow the grass. I mean, it would just almost overtake me. I mean, I, here I have to stretch out and do this new project, but I would just get this over, I gotta go mow the grass now. This maintenance stuff has to be done. And if it wasn't mowing the grass, I'd get this overwhelming desire. When it was time for me to get out of my comfort zone, I would get this overwhelming desire to do something familiar. Sweep the patio, mop the kitchen floor, do the laundry. Does anybody relate to this? When you have this invitation or this opportunity to move out of maintenance and go into new ministries, oftentimes we get this overwhelming desire to just stay comfortable and to do something we're already familiar doing. Has anyone ever experienced that? We have to make this choice between doing something new are doing something comfortable and familiar. The, the word comfort zone is defined by life, life hacker is just this behavioral space where our activities and our behavior, they fit into a routine and a pattern that basically minimizes stress and risk. And the operative word there is stress and risk. In our comfort zone, there's this sense of familiarity, security, and certainty. But boy, when we step outside of our comfort zone, we're taking a risk. 
We're opening ourselves up to something new, some new possibilities, but sometimes opening ourselves up to, and when we open ourselves up to new possibilities, it includes stress and anxiety, and we're not often sure how we're going to react. Within our comfort zones, generally speaking, there's little stress. I mean, you're almost on autopilot doing some of our kind of comfort zone activities. We know how to do them. We're familiar with them. We know how long it's going to take to do them. I mean, some of us can probably fold the laundry with our eyes closed, right? I mean, you just know how to do these comfortable tasks. But when we get outside of our comfort zone, then things become a little different. As it relates to even the word comfort zone, that comes out of this idea that people like their temperature set between the temperatures of 67 and 78. Anywhere between, now some people are on the extremes of that, right? But in general, between 67 and 78, we, we're, we're comfortable. We're not hot, we're not cold, we're just very comfortable. And that's where this whole idea about comfort zone even comes from. When we're most comfortable, we're neither hot or cold, and psychologically, our comfort zone is the place that we feel most at home. While staying in your comfort zone can result in consistent, steady performance, stepping out of our comfort zone into a new challenge and a new challenging task, it actually can create these conditions or new conditions for optimal performance. In an increasingly competitive, cautious, and accelerated world, those who are willing to step outside of their comfort zone and take risk and go into this discomfortable place of uncertainty are those who will get the biggest rewards. That's what Forbes magazine says. Even though we enjoy being comfortable, those who are willing to step outside of that comfort zone and take some risk, understanding that it comes with uncertainty, that's the place where the biggest rewards lie. Here's the point of our message. Obediently following Jesus from maintenance to ministry changes everything. It changes us, it changes our friends, it changes our communities, and it changes the world. Say that with me. Obediently following Jesus from maintenance to ministry, it us, our friends, our communities, and it changes the world. I mean, it changes everything. I heard y'all whisper that. It changes everything. Like nobody wants to admit that it actually changes everything when we decide that we're going to obediently follow Jesus and go from maintenance, staying in that comfort zone, doing everything that's comfortable, moving into this new place of ministry. It just changes everything. And that's where we find Peter in our text of Scripture today, the Scripture that was read in your hearing. Here we find Jesus entering into the boat, and Peter and the other disciples, they were standing on the shore washing their nets. They had already been fishing, and they were, they were basically engaged in a very maintenance routine activity. They're over there washing their nets, trying to clean them out, and trying to get everything situated with their nets. And then Jesus comes alongside of them where they are, and then Jesus just kind of sits in the boat where Peter is, and, and, and in that point, we begin to see that Jesus joins us. That's the, the next point. Jesus joins us in our comfort zone, but he always invites us to go beyond our comfort zone. Isn't that interesting? Jesus will join us in our comfort zone, but oh, don't you think once Jesus has joined you in that comfort zone that we're going to get to just stay in that comfort zone? So when Jesus sits in the boat with Peter, he then says to Peter, hey, just move out a little bit from the shore. Peter, 
you know, doesn't even know what's about to hit him here, Arch. So he just moves the boat a little bit out from the shore. And then Jesus goes on preaching to the people and, and, and sharing the good news and sharing the message. And I'm sure Peter's thinking everything is fine. But not when Jesus has joined you in your comfort zone. You got to know that when Jesus joins us in our comfort zone, the next thing that's going to happen is Jesus is going to invite us to go beyond our comfort zone. So after Jesus finishes his teaching, then he says to Peter, Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Anytime Jesus joins us in our comfort zone, know that we're going to go beyond that point. And Jesus's invitation to go beyond our comfort zone can create stress for us. It just does. Peter says to him, Jesus, I've been fishing all night and we have caught nothing. I mean, we have toiled all night and we have caught nothing. Now, that doesn't sound like Peter saying like, hey, Jesus. He's like, Jesus, we have been fishing all night and we caught nothing. Peter's starting to feel this stress of this invitation that Jesus is giving to him. And he has to make a decision to decide, what am I going to do? I thought I must, when I'm thinking about Peter saying that Jesus I've told all night, he says, I've worked already. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I've already been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then when he says, I've told all night and I caught nothing, I thought, wow, that's probably hard to admit that I've been doing this task all night and it has netted zero results. That's tough to admit, I think. But sometimes those are the kind of results we get in our comfort zone. I've been doing the same thing over and over and over again, and nothing has happened. So in reality, what do we really have to lose to obey Jesus and go into that next place? And that's what happens next. After, Jesus, after Peter begins to have this conversation with Jesus, then Jesus' invitation again, it creates stress for Peter. And then from there, Peter decided... Next slide. Deciding to follow Jesus in obedience, it just changes everything. It changes us. It changes our community. It changes our friends. And it changes the world. Because at that point, after Peter had toiled all night, Horton, caught nothing, he came to this one thought. He said, nevertheless, nevertheless, Jesus, at your word, I'll cast out my net. He says, nevertheless, it, he, after the stress, you reach this point of decision where we have to decide, am I going to, do I know Jesus well enough? Do I love Jesus enough that I'm going to trust Jesus and respond to this invitation to get out of my comfort zone and see what's on the other side? So then Peter and the disciples, they get to this point. They said, you know what, Jesus, nevertheless, You've joined me where I am. You've reassured me that everything's going to be okay. You invited me to go a little further. Now you want me to throw out my nets and do something that I, I did it already, but now I think I'm going to get different results. And so they cast their net out into the ocean, and a miracle happens. I mean, just a miracle happens. The scripture says when they cast their net out, there were so many fish that they caught at that time that both they, they had to call their friends to come over and help us. 
Again, when you obediently follow Jesus, everything will change. First, we'll change, and not only will we change, we'll have this invitation to invite other people to get involved in something great or something uh, more engaging than even what they're doing. I'm sure they think everything is fine in their life, but Horton, I'm sure that once they engage the exciting things that you're doing, absolutely, you know you can't do it by yourself, so you got to invite other people to get involved. Horton would ask me weekly, hey, Dr. Lewis, you got to come to this Wednesday night service that we're doing. I mean, it is just a life-changing, life-changing context and a life-changing community, and that's what happens when we decide that we can obediently follow Jesus everything changes. Peter was changed by this experience. His friends were changed by this experience. They actually became disciples and followers of Jesus as well. The community was changed by this experience. Here all of a sudden they came back to shore with zero fish. They caught nothing. And now they're coming back with a whole boatload of fish. The scripture says that their boats were so filled that they were about to sink. And then after that, Peter went to Jesus. He says, depart from me. I am a sinful man. Because when we experience a miracle and encounter a miracle and see God in God's glory and see God in God's goodness, it makes us aware that of how, how great God is and how, 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 how small we are and how we see ourselves. But the miracle in that moment was Jesus says, no, Peter, this is not a time for you to feel bad about yourself. This is a time for you to stretch out and go further than you ever thought you were going to go. He says, because from this point on, you won't be catching fish anymore. You're going to be catching people. And my friends, the world has been changed because of Peter's obedience. The people at, 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 during the book of Acts, Peter preached and, and 2,000 people were saved. This is the same Peter that was afraid to get out of his comfort zone, but because he followed Jesus obediently and trusted Jesus, lives were changed, people were changed, the community was changed, and ultimately the world has been changed. St. Paul, you might be asking yourself, how does this apply to us today? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> this church has a visionary leader in the pastor of Bob Martin and the pastor of Pam DuBose. This church has a visionary leadership team. This church, if you haven't already heard, this church has taken on a second campus. It, hopefully that's not news to anybody. <laughs> but this church has already decided that it is going to stretch out and launch out into the deep and go into a whole nother community and a whole nother context. And I'm sure if you're honest with yourselves, for some people, when you heard that decision, it made you nervous. You wanted to stay in your comfort zone. You're looking around and says, hey, there are empty seats here. Why do we need to go out and do ministry somewhere else? I mean, when you heard that news, I'm sure that began to stress out the finance people. How are we going to pay for this and a new building? I'm sure when you heard this news, it began to challenge some people to say, why don't we just stay in our comfort zone? But I'm here to tell you that I believe that God has a mission for you and a new ministry for you over at that Druid campus. Amen. When you drive around that community, there are people that are waiting to see some good news. There are people that are waiting to see a church embody the body of Christ in a new and a fresh way. And guess what? They're going to be people who don't look like you. The people are going to be more diverse. They may be 
uh, they, they, they just, they, they, there'll be different ethnicities. There'll be different ages. And you're going to have to decide if you're going to step out of the boat or to cast your net out further and know that there's a miracle that's waiting for you. It's my prayer that you would continue to be open to this new opportunity and be open to this new possibility and know that God has great things in store for you as you step out in faith, moving in this new direction. And it's also my prayer today that, if, that for the people that are hearing this invitation, because I believe that there are some people that are hearing this invitation to join what's happening in the, Drew, in the Druid campus, and instead of you responding positively, you're ready to go mow your grass. <laughs> I think there are some people that are hearing this call to do something new, and instead you're, 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 you're allowing yourself to be pulled back to a very familiar place. Oh, I don't need to do that. I'll just stay here, be a part of my Sunday school class. I don't need to do that. I'll just stay comfortable and do the ministries that I'm doing. Oh, I don't need to join the choir, be a part of music ministry. I'm just going to stay comfortable. And I'm here to invite you to not just stay in your comfort zone, but to know that this is an invitation of a lifetime. That invitation that Peter got changed his life and changed his friends. It changed his community, and it changed the world. And I want to pray for somebody today that's heard the invitation to join this new ministry endeavor that this church is a part of, and you're stressed out and wanting to stay comfortable where you are, but it's my prayer that you would respond by launching out into the deep, letting down your nets, and knowing that there's a great catch that God's got in store for you that's going to change you it's going to change your friends. It's going to change the community. And ultimately, it can change the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <laughs>